0: I want to welcome you and thank you for tuning in on today's podcast titled, Where's the Unity? I am your host, Pernell Sterling, and we are going to be diving into the roots of division in the world today and uncovering the lost element, unity. I will order this segment into two topics, which will provide questions and solutions to this topic we face today. I want to start with an opening prayer. Lord God, I thank you for bringing the listener in wherever walk of life they came from, whether young or old. Or perhaps middle age, Lord, I thank you for bringing them in today. I thank you for tuning their ear into not only the life events that are occurring on today, but what happened in your day. And how you addressed them. And how that same method of thinking and wisdom still applies today. I thank you for commending their ear, for commending their heart, and ultimately commending their soul. I thank you, Lord God. In Jesus name. I pray. Amen. My first topic I want to start with is people in the world like division that kind of sounds oddballish or perhaps weird, but believe it or not, people actually like to be separated and segregated on many uh, political ide- ideologies and, you know, just ed- education or money issues. People affiliate themselves according to what their lifestyles or mentality or views are and proceed to criticize and ostracize the opposing group or party with opposing ideas. Uh, some, for example, consist of Democrats and Republicans, rich and poor, uh, left wing and right wing, pro-choice and pro-life, what we're seeing right now. And we can see the tensions that increase uh, when two ideologies clash. We can see the, uh rough words that are being uh thrown out we can see the tiktok instagram facebook posts that are being out um we can just see the true and pure lawlessness of people based on one decision or another personally i am 16 years old and people in my high school often push their agendas and their motives on other people in hopes of them following and condemning the opposite side however i'm different Whatever the Bible says, yes to and no to, I will lie my life in such fashions. I'm a son of God before I am a sympathizer with any political faction and or biased group and will not be peer pressured into anything. See, before I tune my ear and before I uh, engage in a conversation, I look at the message that is behind what the person is saying, and I urge you to do that as well because you don't know what people are actually thinking to you go behind the words that they're saying. And how you do that is find the spirit of what they are projecting behind it just by purely asking the Lord, you know. Lord God, show me their motives behind this. What are they trying to just provide information? Or are they trying to push an agenda down my throat? And I could tell you just right now that in the latter days, which we are in, but when things get much, much more worse down the road, people will begin to push their ideologies on you, on the Christian believer, and begin to try to persuade you. But you must stay fortified. In Jesus Christ's words and you must stay fortified in the Bible. That's why it's important for you to engage in the Bible. That's why it's important for you to listen and take heed to every single word that the Bible has inside of it. Because if you don't, you will be taken up by false prophets and false teachers and wolves and sheep's clothing and you will be devoured. In my time of studying, I found a verse that the Lord placed on my heart for this topic uh, specifically and warns us about the dangers of division. A little backstory on a scripture is that the author, Apostle Paul, which we are all familiar with hopefully, wrote a letter to his friend in the faith, Titus, who held responsibilities on the island of Crete. Paul had the intention of leaving Titus on the island so he can lead and structure churches in their early years. Paul's main reason for writing this letter to Titus was to instruct the importance of having a stable belief in a healthy environment and sound doctrine, and that will only be achieved by being rooted in Jesus Christ, and to be aware of false teachers and prophets that would seek to contaminate the true purity and sanctity of the church. The major part here is that the failure to comply with these rules would result in a schism in the churches based on what religious law appealed to the congregation, ultimately causing separation and division amongst the church. What Apostle Paul is saying is very, very strate- strategic because he's an apostle. He's uh, built up churches and he's helped raised up churches. And his goal is to find a person that is that is has the most wisdom and has the most training to to tend to that church while Paul moves on to his next assignment. As Paul is laying out these instructions, they are very critical, so Titus must pay attention. And if he doesn't, it could result in the downfall of not only one church, but all of them and have people at each other's throats. Because when religion enters a conversation, we all know that people's feelings start to get hurt, and people start to tend to argue and bicker, whether it is religion versus science or religion versus uh, just just plain people's ideologies, plain common sense. But you can't have common sense if you don't have religion, and if you don't have religion, you don't have common sense practically another one is religion and spirituality you know being a christian myself i am spirit i i'm connected with my spirit rather than religion because religion is just just plain it's boring and it has a sense of just uh just the ordinary you know spiritual is actually a connection with god because you can just be religious and do the same things over and over and over again and not have any true sound relationship with Jesus. So that's why I'm leaning towards and that's why I am more spiritually connected than I am religious. Uh, we can apply this, this verse to today's foolish arguments that people have especially with governmental policies that just cause pure strife and division with others. The verse is Titus chapter 3 verse 9 through 11. But avoid foolish controversies, genealogies, dissensions, and uh, quarrels about the law. For they are unprofitable and worthless. As for a person who stirs up division after warning him once and then twice have nothing more to do with him, knowing that such a person is warped and sinful... He is self-condemned. I, I don't really have to go into full explanation about that verse because it just explains everything for itself. You know, um, avoid controversies, avoid uh, fights and uh, bickers, bickerments about, you know, plainless laws and avoid different conversations because they're, they're not going to be profitable, profitable to you. They're they're worthless. They're not going to benefit you as a person. Or as a child of God in any way. They're just going to cause division and they're going to cause both people to ultimately hate each other. And to oppose every time that topic or something that's like the topic emerges in conversation. That leaves only one pure solution, which is rooting not only churches in Christ, but your individual self. Without upholding Jesus in his words, unity is impossible to gain. I have a story. I took debate class in my sophomore year of high school and while i was taking debate our teacher set up you know premises at the beginning of the school year he said that the only topics that can't be discussed mask mandates vaccinations and that's that's pretty much it everything else race um uh gender gender equality um just anything abortion anything can be talked about and can be argued and debated people Rather than rooting themselves in Christ, they would root themselves in their research. Or they would root themselves in what they believed and what they found to be true. See, a thing about the internet is that there's multiple sources. Meaning that there's multiple, not truths, but there's multiple opinions. What makes a fact a fact? Is it the sourcing? is it someone because they're verified and they've worked hard in college and now they've earned the title doctor which makes whatever words they say profitable and what makes their words truth is that what determines truth see that's that's what's different about the world that we live in what is a fact because the only fact that i see is the word of god because every word in here is fact not fiction That's what people need to understand. That's what people need to grasp. And that's what ultimately people need to understand is that what makes a fact a fact in this life? Nothing. The only truth that you'll gain is when you reach over into heaven. But while we're here, we have the Holy Spirit, the comforter to guide and lead us and direct us. in what we're supposed to know down here. And also he's left a manual script. He's left a direction guide to life that we must follow as believers, which is the Bible, the Word of God. That brings me to my next topic, which brings if we don't have the Word of God, and if we don't have, and if we don't depend on that, if we don't depend on Jesus, and if we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, we're innerly divided against ourselves. And if we're divided against ourselves, if the Church of God is divided against itself, how are we supposed to stand? How are we supposed to function? How are we supposed to maneuver? And how are we supposed to reach people outside the faith and reach future believers and reach people that haven't had the ear to hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying? How? When we're innerly divided so that leads me to my second point which is to discuss the background of mark chapter 3. in the past two chapters jesus has healed leprosy cast out demons and healed people of diverse diseases and healed one person with palsy in chapter 3 jesus ordains 12 disciples simon peter james john andrew philip bartholomew matthew thomas james the son of Alphaeus. Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas, the one infamous in betraying Jesus. Note that large crowds are following Jesus to receive healing and to even touch his garment because you know that um, Jesus' being was so powerful and so full of healing that people would touch his garment and would be healed of demons would be cast out. The demons would actually bow down and call Jesus the Son of God. Because they even the demons were aware that Jesus was the Son of God. Even demons humbled themselves. Now isn't that amazing? I'ma let you I'ma let you sit on that. (laughs) I'ma let you sit on that one. Um, at this point, when Jesus has gathered his chosen disciples in a house, the religious experts accuse Jesus of being possessed by the devil and uses the power of demons to cast out demons. Jesus goes on and poses the question How can Satan cast out Satan? And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. And if a house be divided against itself, that house cannot stand. And if Satan rise up against himself and be divided, he cannot stand, but hath an end. No man can enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he will first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. So that was Mark chapter 3, verse 23 through 27. And basically what that's saying, and if Jesus is casting out demons through the power of sin, then it stands to reason that when the priests and Levites cast out demons, they're harnessing the same power, which is demonic power, which makes no sense. Because the priests and Levites are proclaiming that they're, you know, the hierarchy, that they're the creme de la creme and that this new person on the block that Jesus, there's no way he could be working um, with God when he's clearly using demonic power. See, they, they, they are like some people in this generation right now who refuse to accept the truth because they were too stupid and they didn't want to hear the truth. They were stuck in their own religious views and they were stuck and grounded in what they thought to believe, which was obviously false to the point where they killed this man. And they chose a criminal over this man, knowing the truth and knowing the truth and what he had to bring. My point number two is Satan's kingdom is not divided. He could not remove himself from a place where he had already gone a stronghold. If a person or a group uh, of people who have common purpose are divided among themselves, they will not accomplish their goals. If they are divided, they will fall every time. Because... Right now you could be in a group with people that you don't have no communication with or that you don't know and I'll put you guys together and you'll start to talk and what's the first thing that people like to talk? They like to start off with small talk. For example, the weather or what's going on in the world if that person's bold enough to ask at that certain time. So when they ask at that certain time, you know, what's going on in the world, you're going to have one person that's bold enough to say what I think. And then you're going to have one another person that's going to say what they think. So now you have two bold people in the room, Okay. And then you're going to have one person that's, you know, lukewarm in the middle that's going to try to say something to because they feel the uh, the emergence of tension in the room. And they're going to try to say something, you know, to try to defuse the situation, but also stay neutral at the same time, if that makes sense. So that person's going to be in the middle and the other two people are going to take sides. So what that brings right now is division in the group just in the matter of one conversation. In the matter of five minutes, you already have two sides and a person that's stuck in the middle because they want to keep the peace. This is how families break apart. This is what happens when you don't have God at the center of your marriage. This is what happens when you don't have God in the center of a friendship. This is what happens when you don't have God in the center of a relationship or God at the at the head of the church. This is what happens. Division starts to emerge. This is exactly what happens because whenever people are there with different ideologies and they think they are smarter than one another, division occurs until the final truth, which is Jesus Christ, emerges. Some people refuse to accept that truth. Some people do. And, you know, it's all about the situation, all about who's in the room at the time. Here's my personal take. You already heard a little bit of it, but here is my take. Satan wants us to fight and bicker over minuscule matters and to argue over things that don't matter. That's his whole point. Because remember, Satan is the author of confusion. And it is very great at deceiving people. He is very great. So much that he will, he will never want us to see the light. He will never want us, because remember Jesus Christ is, is the truth. So he will never want us to see Jesus Christ. He will never want us to see Jesus Christ, so he's going to blind us from the truth. So with that, we're always going to live in a false reality. We're always going to be wrapped up in ourselves, ultimately to the point where we can't see Jesus. We can't see the true solution. We can't see the true answer. Now I'm going to let you bite on that one. But I tell you, we serve a God of truth and of unity. If anyone wants us to be unified, it is God, because strength is in unity. God wouldn't want to put us in a position of weakness, in a place of bickerness, in a place of um, division, because God ultimately wants us to be strong in him. And if we're strong in him, that means we could get together. That means we can unify under whatever the circumstances might be in the world. We are still strong. And that is that is the goal. And I know. People my age willing to cut off people from their lives over the past Supreme Court ruling with uh, Roe v. Wade. This is the second experience I've seen people greatly divided in my lifetime, first being the Black Lives Matter movement of 2020. My personal experience, I've seen people post on Snapchat stories, for example, saying that if you don't agree with... um. My belief on Roe v. Wade and how abortion should be legalized again and the Supreme Court is stupid. Um, you can just block me right now and we can never talk again in real in real life or not. And that just, you know, I'm not going to project my, my stance on it or anything because that doesn't matter. But that really just says something about people right there. Is that people are willing to cut other people off from their lives. Never talk to you again over a ruling that, you know, has little to no effect on them, especially being, you know, my age, you know, we're, we're becoming young men and women and, you know, it's not right that people are being pushed into politics at such a young age and are, you know, choosing to go a certain way with their lives. And they're making stupid decisions early in their lives and ultimately are going to and going to ruin where God has, you know, going to take them. I remember during the Black Lives Matter movement, and when George Floyd was murdered, I remember people were so eager to defund the police. People were so eager to blame uh, white people for, you know, mishaps and to blame, you know, just blame everybody. Blame everybody. You know, people were so quick. I remember during the coronavirus, um, people were so quick to blame, you know, and bite into the propaganda that Asian people were the um, were the fault of coronavirus, and that since the coronavirus came from Wuhan, China, or allegedly came from Wuhan, China, that you know, Asian people were at fault, and Asian people should be persecuted, and it's not fair. People are biting into the lies of um, news and of fake news, rather, and of Governmental propaganda people are buying into it, and it's going to kill people. It already has in the past It's it's going on in the uh, present and it's gonna happen in the future and at even greater rates if people are so divided over these matters that I just listed and talked about and are willing to kill and murder each other over them I wonder when preachers and evangelists teach the Word of God publicly to people who have never heard the narrative of Jesus Christ, will the war between science and religion explode to new flames? Will the fateful word persecution come to mind? Will Christians be martyred in America like they once were after Jesus' ascension? The only one who knows is God. So I leave you with a word of encouragement. Love God and know that Jesus Christ died for you and that even though bad times are here, and even though bad times are going to come in the future, just know that he is here, and that he will never leave you nor forsake you. God bless. Lord God, I thank you for giving this listener some hope in the future to not give up on this generation, Lord God, because for we are a peculiar people. You know, we are a chosen generation. You have called us out, Lord God, for great things and for a purpose, Lord God, that... Only you and I know. We thank you, Lord God, for the listener, Lord, that they learned something from this, that they partook in the message from this, that not only did they tune their ear to what you were saying and to the words that I was saying, Lord God, but they're going to go in their quiet time and they're going to pray for the truth and not depend on internet for um, the truth or someone with a Ph.D. for the truth, Lord God, but they're going to depend on only you for the truth. And I thank you, Lord God, for the voice, Lord God, that you've given this individual, Lord God, that boldness will rise up in them, Lord God, that strength of unity will rise up in them, Lord God, that their house not might not be divided, Lord God, that their businesses won't be divided, Lord God, that their corporations won't be divided, Lord God, because you've called us, Lord God, for great works, Lord God. You've called us, Lord God, for greatest simon's lord god and you've called us lord god for lord god you called us for a race lord god that we almost must finish which is life lord god and i thank you lord god that even though we'll have some hiccups that even though lord god will face some um adversity and we'll face lord god some enemies lord god but we thank you for our enemies because they make us stronger we thank you lord god lord god for testing us lord god because it's going to build resilience in us we thank you lord god The strong voice that you've given us, Lord God, that people are willing to fight and claw at us, Lord God, because they know and say knows, Lord God, our voice. So we thank you, Lord Jesus, for this, Lord God, for this voice that you've given us. We thank you for the roar, Lord God, of a lion that you've given us. We thank you, Lord God, for giving it to us, Lord God. And we thank you, Lord God, that we're going to use it strategically and we're going to use it dynamically and we're going to use it explosively. Thank you, Lord Jesus.